Philippians 4, starting at verse 1. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my crown and joy, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Euodia, and I plead with Syntyche to be the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Lord Father, as uh, I pray today and uh, just think about the scripture that you just gave us, Lord, we just ask you to touch our hearts, Lord Father. As we heard the worship songs today, you being a good, good father, and a way maker. Many of us, Lord Father, felt peace in that moment. Many of us, Lord Father, not only felt peace in that moment, but even afterwards still feel that peace and walk in that peace. But there are some of us also, Lord Father, who even though we know your promises and your truths, we still struggle with letting go and letting you. And I ask you today, Lord, as uh, Pastor Randy come up here and, and, and teach the word, for our hearts to be transformed in a way, Lord Father, where we're able to hear from you and we're able to fully rely on you. Help us turn all the anxieties we have and all the stresses we have in this world, Lord. Allow us to just give them to you and know that we could just walk on, in the faith and walk on your side, Lord Father, and that you got us. We ask you today, Lord, to just continue to help us put you first, understand that everyone around us is your people, and our jobs is to follow your will and love your people. So as we begin, we begin with a slide that is actually in the intro video, this great, incredible quote by John Milton, and it's going to be up here on the screen. The mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell and a hell of heaven. This is a word and a quote that I had just uh, read as I read this book um, that I'm going to be referencing a few different times. It's called Hyperfocus, and it is an amazing book um, with so much there. Be sharing some of that with you. It's not a Christian book per se, but it is a really, really interesting and powerful book that can help you guys. And I appreciate Peter reading the scripture from Philippians chapter 4. If you have your Bibles there, if you have your Bible app, just kind of keep that open. We're going to be coming back and talking a little bit about that in just a few moments. 
But I want to take a, just a few moments having to do with this right here. And I know that we have young people. Oh, by the way, I guess, uh, do our young people need to be dismissed to the kids' classes for the younger kids? I'm sorry. And, and I've got some teenagers in here, I'm sure, um, and, and some young people. And I want to kind of go to our next slide here. And uh, as we do, we're dealing with mental health. And this is something that, especially during the pandemic and so much that's been going on, they're, they're saying that one in five uh, during the pandemic especially was dealing with an anxiety disorder and that one in three was showing signs of an anxiety disorder even if they did not say or self-declare that they were dealing with that. And that 42% of the people in their 20s are dealing with an anxiety disorder. So the truth of the matter is, is that this is something that is a big deal. Um, whether you're in your 20s or you're a teenager or whoever you might be, um, in any age group that you're dealing with anxiety, I want to talk with you, and I want to be very clear. In no way, in no shape, no form, am I here to try to make you feel like you're doing something wrong if you're dealing with this. The truth of the matter is, as I talked a little bit about this last week, and I'll talk about it again right here and now, that I realized that I have a little bit more perspective just being alive a longer time than my kids do. And so when we have conversations, I realize that there's some gaps in what they know, uh, not because they're unintelligent, but because they're young and they didn't experience things as we went through them. And some people would call it wisdom, which is rightly applying knowledge, all right? But on top of that, I think wisdom is just being around long enough and paying a little bit of attention to the things that have happened in the past. And it gives you a perspective that the young people don't have. Now, young people, again, I want y'all to know I love you guys. It's not me poking at you and acting like you're, ah, you're silly. It's not that at all. I just want you to know that there is a perspective that goes deeper that you might not have had the opportunity to just live long enough to grasp. And so if you're feeling this anxiousness and the headspace thing that we're talking about here, it hits you where you are and you're like, yeah, I'm just nervous. It seems like my head's just constantly like swimming and going in different directions and I can't really kind of focus down on things and it feels like I'm always overwhelmed. I want you to know that God has a word for you and we're going to talk a little bit about that and that God has a word for all of us. And let's be clear, man. Uh, whether you've come through the pandemic or if you're still in the pandemic mentality-wise, I mean, you know, we're kind of dealing with that. It, it's, it's been something that's been revealing to all of us that we've come through and we're still dealing with some of the fallout, some, some of the things we're still categorizing them, placing them in our shelving and all that stuff that we have mentally that kind of gives us perspective. But it's not easy and we're still learning lessons. You guys are with me, right? Can I get an amen, Right. So that's where we're at, and I want to talk a little bit about this. Some ways we're kind of almost doing a decompression on the things that we've gone through in the pandemic as a group of people and as, especially as God's people. But I want to talk about some very practical things, and then I want to talk about some spiritual things, and I want to be very clear. What we're talking about whenever we're dealing with headspace and problems with anxiety, fear, all of these things, this is not strictly a physical problem. This is not strictly a mental problem. This is not strictly a spiritual problem. This is not strictly a circumstance problem. It's all that stuff. Are you guys with me? You understand what I'm saying, right? It's all that stuff together. Now, it's going to be different levels. It's going to be different percentages for all of us, each one with our own unique perspective, circumstances, all those things. 
but it's all this stuff. And so I don't want you to misunderstand. If you hear something and you're like, he's talking about that. No, I'm not. I'm talking about a lot of things and a little bit of that. And if it's you that's hearing it in that way, take that as the Lord's Holy Spirit speaking to your heart and applying it where it might hurt, but probably can bring healing. Okay. And so we're going to talk a little bit about where we've been, a little bit about our headspace and what we're trying to do in creating that and to be a healthy place. And hopefully the next time we deal with something, hopefully we won't have to deal with a pandemic, but the next time we deal with something on a grand scale, we'll have a little bit more traction and it'll catch us a little less by surprise. We'll have a little bit more coping mechanisms to deal with it. So let's go to our next slide. And this is very important. Hyperfocus, that book that I was mentioning, it talked about how technology speeds up time by tempting us in each moment to fill our attention to the very brim. This leads us to remember less because it's only when we pay attention to something that our brain actively encodes it into memory. And this is powerful because if you've ever felt like you're going through your life almost sleepwalking and missing some of the most important things and your, your heart is here and things are barely, barely touching your heart and barely kind of skimming the surface where it used to affect you deeply... It may be that you are showing signs of being on overload and not having the bandwidth or headspace to deal with that stuff. And a little further on down, you can go to this next slide, and it says, according to Timothy Wilson, we receive 11 million bits of information per second, and that is a powerful and incredible thing. That basically means any one time you can cease to listen to everything that's being said and listen to the hum of the air conditioner. I wouldn't suggest that. Hopefully, I'm going to be a little bit more interesting than that, all right? So I prefer you to be here. But you can even like look at these, like look at this beautiful flower arrangement and you can hone in on one single tiny little bit of this particular flower versus the 11 million colors, pixels, all that stuff. We know what pixels are, right? It's almost that same idea in your mind. But here's the question, how many of those bits can a person process and focus upon at any one time? If you remember, because I've talked about this a few different times, y'all remember how many it is? If you do, it's 40. That's right, it's 40. It's not 400, not 4,000 or 4 million, it is just 40. That's why literally whenever you have your mind going in a different direction and it needs a little bit more focus, it's not the autopilot things that you're doing, you'll turn down the radio. <laughs> you know, when, like I talked about last week, when you parallel park, you don't have the radio up, amen? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, no, I can, I can drive all day in Houston traffic putting on your makeup and fixing your hair and posting on Facebook, taking a selfie, but the minute you got a parallel park, radio goes down, the whole thing, right? Because you only got so much headspace for what you've got going on. And so you and I have to pay attention with intention. And if we do not, we are going to feel overwhelmed. We're going to feel that feeling of just barely sleepwalking through our lives emotionally. And the people that we're wanting to connect with on the deepest level will sense that and be at distance from us. And so it's very important that we don't let that happen. Now, I want to just share this with you, and I've shared this quote with you a lot of times, but just to make sure you understand, some issues are not problems to be solved, they are tensions to be managed. What I'm going to talk about, what Peter read about just a moment ago from Philippians chapter 4 is how we are going to set our minds on things above and not the things on this earth. 
that if anything is noble or praiseworthy, if anything is excellent, that we're going to think on these things instead of all the negative that the world is trying to suck us down into. You guys understand that this slide applies so powerfully to that because you and I have done this before. It's just hard to maintain. Can I get an amen, right? I mean, it's good. To, man, we can have a positive attitude for the rest of the afternoon. I'm telling you, we're going to. Probably most of us will. We're going to go, Pastor Randy preached about a mentality, preached about a mindset. I'm going to be positive the entire rest of the day and probably for the rest of my life, right? And then you're going to leave, and then Monday morning's going to happen. You're going to get stuck in traffic, and you know that one idiot who thinks he's the only one who is in the hurry, is going to cut you off, right? And then you're going to be like, and you're going to be right back to it, out of the positive mindset. Is it just me? It's just me. Okay. So here's what we know. We can do it. It's just hard to stay there. And so the problem is not something that gets fixed. It's something that gets managed. And if it comes back to you and comes back to you and comes back to you, And it reminds you that this is what God desires for you. He desires for you to have victory in your life. It's something that you're going to manage, not something that you're going to solve. If you guys understand that, give me a good amen. Okay, so I'm going to keep moving then. Okay, let's go to our next slide. See, that's, that's your little clue and hint right there. I get a good amen. I think you've already got it. I don't have to go back and do it again. I'm just saying. Proven practices of how to build a better mind and mindset. I want to talk about this, and this is incredibly practical first. These are things from the book, and then I'm going to come back to things from the book, the Bible, in just a moment, the passage of Scripture that Peter read, and we're going to focus on that. But real quickly, these are going to make sense to you. You'll get it, but you're probably not putting all of them into practice, if any of them at all. First of all, practices to build a better mind. First of all, the three T's. You tackle tough tasks and you don't wait. You tackle tough tasks, you don't wait. How many of you have ever been a student, whether in high school or college, and you knew you had a big paper or a big project? And you're like, it's cool, it's three months away. And then, like, it's cool, it's two months away. No problem, it's a month and a, you know, it's a month away, it's not a big deal. But then, at that point, you start having this, like, that feeling, you know, like something's not sitting right. Have y'all ever had this experience, right? Where, where the longer you, and no, it's cool. It's still a week away. I've got a week, but you also can't seem to focus in the same way that you used to because that thing that you haven't tackled is on your mind. You got 40 bits and it's taken up 15 of them. And then you wonder why you can't focus. I'm going to tell you guys something. I got married when I was 19 years old, and I'm a little scatterbrained, to be honest, anyway, all right? But the month before I got married, I could not remember a thing. Like, people would come up and be like, hey, will you do that? And I'm like, of course I'll do that. No problem. And then they'll come back to me, and they're like, hey, did you do that thing? I was like, we've never talked about that. What are you talking about? You know? It's like I had my mind fixed on this idea of getting married. It's this big thing that's out there that's looming, that's taking up bandwidth. You guys follow? So the more that you put off, the less likely you are to have the headspace that you need to do the important things. And here's where I probably need to pause and remind you, if you only got so much for yourself, then you've only got so much to give. And I don't know about you, but when my kids need me to be giving them all 40 bits, I want every 40 bit 
peace to be going their way. Especially now, my kids are gone. I need every single interaction to count for the very best that I can. And if you are fortunate enough to still have your kids at home, I'm here to tell you, make them count because they go away fast. And I know I can get an amen from a few of y'all who have already got your kids gone. And they went so fast and I can't believe we've already hit this spot, right? Amen? Amen? I mean, they are gone and you don't have that same chance for that input. So you tackle the tough tasks so every time the important things are there, you've got headspace. Let's keep moving very quickly. And these are two in one. You rest and, and recreation versus distraction. And then you've got sleeping more. And let me just talk about these very, very quickly. Have you guys noticed that in our modern world, it is a status symbol to be busy? Have y'all noticed that? It is. It's like, oh, I, I could do that, but I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. That's probably not a positive thing, but somehow we flipped it around and twisted it into being way too busy means we're really important. Well, the truth is, is it's probably not that. It's probably not that. But the truth is, is that whenever we are so busy, so much on our plate, we've got to be very careful that when we rest and we go to recreation, which by the way is recreation, we don't just simply engage in distraction. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? How many of y'all have ever had a long walk in the woods and you came home and you felt like your soul was cleansed just a little bit, right? It's, it's different. Or you just sat there and watched like six hours of TV on a Saturday, and you're like, it just kind of feels, ugh, you know? I don't know how that's, if anybody's transcribing this, I don't know how you transcribe, you know? Y'all know what I'm talking about, though? We don't do actual resets very well. Do, do y'all have the same experience that I have? You call, you call the people at, at tech support, and the first thing that they said just makes you so angry. Well, have you tried to restart your computer, sir? I'm like, of course I'm trying to. <laughs> Amen? And then they say, well, if you'll just do it again for me. And even as a pastor, I'm tempted to lie. I'm like, yeah, I did. <clears throat> yeah. I just did it again. Oh, booting up, booting up. I'm like sipping my coffee, you know, or whatever. But you know what I'm talking about? It's like when you press that reset button, you're like, please, Lord, don't let this fix it. Like, I would rather be on the phone for five minutes than fix it and be the idiot who called to get a reset. Or is it just me? Y'all know what I'm talking about? We don't do the reset button very well. In our world, we don't do the reset button very well. We don't actually rest very well or very often. We've somehow decided that getting by on three hours of sleep is somehow making us more important and all it's probably doing is putting us in an earlier grave. It's also probably making sure that you don't do the things that you're doing with nearly the intention and the patience and the kindness and the love and the touch of grace that you're supposed to have. Now I'm just meddling, right? I mean, you know, you're like, pastor, I mean, come and tell me about sinful things. Now you're talking to me about sleep. Come on, right? But we're just not very good at taking care of these vessels that are going to take us only so far. And if we don't be careful... We're going to put them in an early grave and make less of an impact for God's kingdom because we just simply thought somehow we could redline these things until they fell apart and somehow it would just magically get fixed. Do you see what I'm saying? And let's talk about this for just a second. That sleep more, it gives you up to 58% more headspace. If you will take the time to actually rest, 
you have that reset button. And have you ever noticed your computer? Y'all have seen it. It's great. It's just running so slow. And then you turn it all off, turn it all back on, and everything's working the way it's supposed to. This is our reset button that God gives us almost every single 24 hours where we fall asleep and we reset. And how many times have you ever had that thing? Your mom used to tell you, just sleep on it, just sleep on it. And then you wake up and God's mercies are new every morning and you realize that somehow God still got this. And this thing that I was freaking out about, that it was just out of my control. Yeah, it was always out of your control, but suddenly you realize God's on my side and what am I doing here? And I'm just going to take a deep breath and I'm going to let God be God and I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to be as faithful and as obedient as possible, but I'm going to let God do what God alone can do. He's the way maker, just like we sang about, you know. And suddenly we've been recreated. We've taken rest. We've slept. And all the things that we should have done in the first place are starting to fall into place. Y'all know what I'm saying? Amen. You know what I mean? So very quickly, here's something that they've shown. Let's go to our next slide here. Research shows that the sleep-deprived feel more pressure at work, focus for shorter durations of time. And I want you to notice how this is a downward spiral. Every single thing that you want to do that you're doing at less than optimal is a downward spiral into less headspace and less positives. Y'all follow with me. Research shows that the sleep-deprived person feels more pressure at work, focuses for a shorter duration of time, They more often fire up social media instead of getting involved in the things that they ought to be doing, experience more negative moods, actively seek less demanding tasks because they don't have headspace. You see the downward spiral. And then they spend more time online throughout the day. It's all this downward spiral taking you to a place where you feel constantly pressed into this little bitty box that you can't get out of. And it all comes back to a lot of things that your body is telling you that God created you in a different way than you're treating it. All right, let's go to our next slide. Here's how we can build a better mind. First of all, we use social media mindfully and sparingly. How many of you know that social media can be wicked? It's bad. It can be rough, right? If you ever wanted to feel bad about yourself, just go ahead and post something on social media. There will be somebody known as a troll who will come along and grab you. Do you realize, some of you young people don't realize this, trolls used to be in fairy tales under bridges, and that was it. That's true. Now they're out online and they will find you and they will be coming for you. And that's a thing. I, I, I want to, I'm not going to go too far down this road, but I will say this. I, I, I put this slide up once before and I wanted to share it. So these two guys are in a partnership and they post it on Facebook. He says, I noticed a guy on Facebook that was better at me than mounting a television. So instead of hating on him, I reached out. I offered to pay him to teach me how to perfect my craft. He didn't accept the money. Instead, we decided to form a partnership, and the rest is history. Brothers, don't hate. Elevate each other. Now, let me ask you a question. Be honest. How many of you find that to be a surprising post? Can I see your hands? Seriously. Right? Because you would expect somebody to to hate, right? So if you find it to be a surprising thing that somebody would actually be positive, think about the place that you are willingly spending a lot of time in and be very, very careful and be very, very wise. I'm not here to preach against social media, but young people, that thing that feels like it's a huge part of your life, it doesn't have to be. It is all your choice and decision. 
And what the people say on socials doesn't really actually matter in real life unless you choose to let it. I know that sounds like a 50-year-old dude saying stuff that doesn't matter, you know, that does matter to you. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of perspective that that stuff doesn't have to matter in the ways that it feels like it does have to. All right, I'm going to keep going here. Let's go to our next slide. Very quickly, practices to build a better mind. Fifth, just have less, less access to gaming, socials, TV, all that stuff. And truly, let me just tell you something. One of the best things that y'all can do, it's really, really hard. Pay close attention. It's a tremendous thing. Watch, watch. Hold on. Just like that. Turn it on silent and turn it over. And then it doesn't distract every single moment of your day. It's just that simple. Y'all want to practice it with me? All right, here we go. Oh, done. Just have a little less access to it. You can delete apps. You can do all that stuff. Or you can just leave your phone over there, put it on silent, and then go over when you're ready for it instead of when it beckons you. It's not crazy talk. I know it seems like it, but it's not. Okay, so we've talked about all of this stuff. Let's bring this to the big idea, and then I want to talk about what the book has to say. Let's talk about it. So your mindset determines if you overcome or if you are overwhelmed. Let me just say to you today, if you are feeling overwhelmed, this is not the mindset and the mentality or the headspace that God wants you to exist in. He wants something different and better for you, but it is going to be your choice if you overcome those things or if you are overwhelmed by them. And I'm going to really clip through these quickly, but there's some powerful lessons for us to learn. Let's say the big idea out loud together on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Your mindset determines if you overcome or if you are overwhelmed. Let's go to our next slide. You you can just say, well, Randy, I'm not an optimist. There is literally a book called Learned Optimism that talks about how you can change your mentality and change the way that you approach things in your life, whether they're good or bad. And by the way, even if you're living your life perfectly, there will always be bad that finds you. And this is important. As we look at the book, as we look at Philippians chapter 4 that Peter read just a minute ago, we're going to see that Paul is not this pie-in-the-sky, hopeful kind of guy. No, he is instead somebody who's very much rooted in a reality that pulls him in one direction, and yet he makes the decision to overcome instead of being overwhelmed. Let's talk a little bit about this very quickly. Don't uh, let, Let's go to this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7, dealing with rejoicing and peace and all this stuff. And I want to just share this with you. So Philippians chapter 4 that Peter read, here's a chunk of it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So don't be anxious about anything. Don't have anxiety about anything. But in every situation, through prayer and petition to God, with thanksgiving, present those requests to him. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. It's, it's, it's so deep and so powerful and so full and whole that it just simply doesn't make sense. It's beyond our understanding. It's going to guard your heart and your what? Your minds in Christ Jesus. There's so much to share here from this passage of Scripture. Let's go to our next slide. And I want to share with you, we choose our mindset. It's not predetermined. We can change it. And I want to just be very clear about something. 
If you couldn't change it, God wouldn't command it. If you couldn't change it, God wouldn't command it. He would not tell you, I know that this isn't going to apply to you because you have an automatic kind of maybe looking a little bit of the glass half empty than ra- rather than the glass half full. No, no, I'm telling you that if he did not believe that you and I could change it, if he did not know that he had created us to be able to change our mentality, then he would not command us to have one. I'm going to say it one more time, and if you guys understand what I'm saying, y'all say amen, okay? I got to direct y'all on this one, but here's the deal. This is the truth. If God created us in a certain way, he would not command for us to have a mentality if he didn't know that we could change it. Amen? So even if you are up against some tough things, and even if you have a bent towards something that doesn't necessarily move towards the positive, it doesn't mean that it's okay for you to stay there. The Bible just told us a moment ago the command was that whatever things are good and pure and lovely and wholesome and good report, if anything's excellent or praiseworthy, to think on these things, not on the other negative things. So let's go to our next slide, and I want to share this with you. You may be saying, well, of course, you know, Paul, he's an apostle, he's close to God and all that stuff, and so, you know, he's Mr. Holy, he's a saint, all that. How could a regular Joe or Joanne, like me, you know, have this whole rejoice thing constantly going on? I want to pump the brakes here. Just listen. Paul wrote four prison epistles. That's KJV speak for a letter. He wrote four different letters that were written while he was in prison for more than a two-year period of time that's spoken of at the book of Acts. And those books are Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. And we are teaching and preaching today from the book of Philippians. So as Paul is writing to these Philippian believers, he's telling them, I'm here in jail, but I'm here to tell you, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'm going to say it, rejoice. Now, that's something, isn't it? That's something to take note of. Because I don't know about you, but if I've been wrongfully imprisoned for more than two years, I'm not going to be the person who's going to be the key. Like, they're not going to have a t-shirt with my face on it saying, we always rejoice. No, it's not going to be like that. I'm probably going to be down. I'm probably going to be frustrated. I'm probably going to be angry. And I know, again, it's just me, not any of y'all. But what is Paul saying even in the midst of it all? I'm encouraging you. I'm challenging you. I'm even commanding you rejoice in the midst of it. And then here, biblical Greek has six different tenses. We have past, present, future. We have a few others. It's not an English class. Just get this and grasp this. In one of the tenses in Greek, it's called present imperative active tense. It implies continuous and sustained action. So when you read Colossians chapter 1 verse 2, it could easily say, set and keep on setting your mind on things above. In other words, this is a tension to be managed, not a problem to be solved. You're going to have to keep setting your mind on things above. You're going to have to keep making the decision. You're going to have to keep choosing to have the mindset of those things which are positive and not those things which are negative because negative is so much easier. All right. Very, very quickly, I'm going to go to where to rest our mind. So where are we going to rest our mind? I want to talk about this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything's excellent or praiseworthy, 
Think on these things, and whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, the Apostle Paul, seeing in me the things that I did, put them into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. If you are a person whose headspace is struggling or struggled, and you know that this applies to you, the God of peace will be with you if you do these things. I'm going to share four of them, and I'm going to do it in a very, very quick way. Okay, so here we go. How we are going to improve our mindset, let's go to our next slide. First of all, you entertain the right thoughts. <laughs> you make sure that you put your mind on the right things, and you're like, but that's not where my mind naturally goes. And sometimes when I'm in that mindset, then, yeah, I, I get there, but then I don't stay there. And a fleeting thought comes through, and I'm tempted to follow that, and I go down a rabbit hole of negativity. Well, I'm here to tell you that this is true for everyone, but some of us have a diff more difficult time than others. You have to entertain the right thoughts if you will ever gain victory in your life. You choose whether you will overcome or you will be overwhelmed. And this is where it begins thinking the right thoughts constantly. We're going to skip that next slide, if you don't mind, and go ahead and go to number two. Follow the right example. Paul said, whatever you've learned or received or heard or even seen in me, put it into practice. And I want to sit down here for just a very quick moment. You can go back and read in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, that Philippi, the church in Philippians here, this church is the one that saw Paul and Silas be arrested flogged to within inches of their life and thrown in prison. And as they were there in the middle of a dungeon, surrounded by prisoners and the dark, what were they doing? They were singing praises to God. So as Paul writes the letter to the Philippians, he says, if you've ever seen anything in me that helps you to grasp that you can rejoice even beyond your sufferings, and even in the midst of the worst circumstances, if you've ever seen it in me or heard me speak about it or anything that's been told about me, do that thing and follow that example. And this is a perfect opportunity for Paul to say, I have victory that goes way beyond my circumstances. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's right there. And it's right there for the Philippians. And it's also right there for you. Follow his example as placing all of his faith in the Lord. Very quickly, let's keep moving. Number three, we rely on the right friend, and I have the capitalization of friend. There is a friend that sticks closer than any brother. I'm here to tell you that people will let you down, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I'm here to tell you that the person that can sustain you is not a person in the normal sense. He is God the Father's only son. The one who has walked these same paths and felt despair, grasping at him, trying to pull him down. The negativity pulling in on his brain and in his headspace, resisting it all and saying, no, 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 I have the Lord who's going to get me through this. My God is going to supply all of your needs. And it's his peace that passes all understanding. Whatever you've learned, received, put this into practice. And then that final says, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's go to our fourth one real quickly. Ways to improve our mindset. We praise the right healer. I just want to say this. Whenever people say, how do you do it? I think it is your responsibility not to say, well, I just think on the right things. 
I'm not here to preach to you the power of positive thinking. I'm here to preach to you that all things work together for the good to those that love him. And those are that called people according to his purposes. The reason that I have hope, the reason that I have headspace is because that even when things feel like they're crashing in on me, I know that it's not my power that's going to get me through. It is his I am not the one who is going to overcome. It is him, and because of his victory, I will engage with that and be a part of that. I'm not here to preach positive thinking to you because I don't believe that it works. I believe it helps a little bit, but I don't actually believe it changes things. But I can promise you that I have been in those places where I have reached out to the one through prayer and petition and said, God, I don't know that I can make it through. I think I'm at the end of my own rope. I don't have the strength to keep moving. And in the midst of it, there was a peace that goes beyond all understanding that guarded my heart and my mind because of Christ Jesus, not because of me. And I share that with you from the very bottom of my heart. I'm not going into details. I'm not going deep on this, but I'm telling you, it is a real thing that the God who wants to get you through He knows the headspace you're in. And if you're dealing with anxiety and struggling even today, don't allow that to be something that just continues and hope for change. Make some of the changes that you need to on your own side, but realize that ultimately it's not the power of positive thinking that will change your circumstances. It is the God who loves you that will do all that. Amen. He is the one who has the power to bring you out of the dark hole that you might seem ready to fall into. All right. I'm going to change it up and I'm not going to do the movie thing. I've I've taken too much time, so I'm going to end with a question and how I apply it, okay? All right, so here we go. Let's talk about this big question. Have the wrong desires and the wrong mindset found a way into your heart and mind? I'm here to tell you that just like we understand that we can get off the path and be going in a bad direction pretty easily and pretty quickly, we have to get this place back. Okay, I'm going to pull this back and I'm going to say, Lord, once again, I call out to you to help me. Once again, I find myself in a place where I need your strength to pull me back onto the path that you want me to walk. And I encourage you to do that. But here's what I would also say. The way that you can apply this message is, if that's been happening to you a lot, if the answer to this is, yeah, it's been happening to me, can I share with you what you need to do? You need to identify the foothold that wrong desires and mindsets have in your life, where they consistently control you. If that's the things that you're watching, if that's the music that you're listening to, if that's the stuff that you're doing or seeing on social media, if that's the friend group that you're hanging out with, if that's the way that you seem to be ingesting certain things, like whether it be the food that you have or even the substances that you use, like there's all kinds of things that are affecting your life. They're affecting your mindset and your headspace. And there are some, let's just be honest, that are giving a foothold to things that you just don't want to be the things that control you. So I encourage you, not judging, but I'm telling you, make a good decision. There's some things that maybe they're not sinful, but they're just not smart. And so you just say, you know what? This isn't sinful. This isn't wrong, but it's just better. I'm just better whenever I don't do all this stuff. And these things that you leave behind, you'll be amazed at how God blesses and changes in your life. And so, again, I come to you, and if you are a person who's struggling with headspace and you feel 
the darkness kind of finding its way from the edges and pushing in more and more on your heart and mind, man, don't stay there. Realize that you have the peace that is beyond all understanding, that you have the opportunity to change your mind, and that you are more than an overcomer through Christ Jesus. He wants better for you than even sometimes we want for ourselves. And so today, I encourage you, don't stay where you are. Make a decision and place your heart and mind on Christ Jesus.